Got that one on? Okay. Uh, you can keep working on this one and see what you come up with. Look at Matthew chapter 28 because we got to move uh, fast this morning. Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses 18 through 20. Uh, of course, that's been the, the jumping off uh, verses that we've used for quite some time now. Uh, Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. You see, this is, uh, of course, this is our our text that we've had for some time talking about the commands of Christ. We're somewhere 1920 commands now that we've we've dealt with and we're going to continue uh, to deal with and and we don't do them every service. I kind of just as the Lord kind of guides and leads I, I make some changes but uh, what we have here is that all power that in verse 18 all power is given unto me Jesus said and then if you look at verse 20, it says, uh, of course, he gives us a command, teach you to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. But the key here is he said, as you go and you teach and you do what I've commanded you and teach others what I've commanded you, he said, I'll, I'm with you all way. And so if he's with us all way, then all power is with us always. And so uh, he's always with us and he all power is with us. And so that means whatever we face, we are, we're enabled to do. And so uh, that leads us to this next command. The next command, we'll understand again why it's so important that all power is with us all way. Because the next command, if you want to look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, uh, we kind of mentioned it the last time, but we really didn't deal with it. But we're going to deal with it now. It says, uh, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And uh, what is this thing up here, Brother Rogers? Is it supposed to be on zero? Okay, that's probably what it was. It's been switched again. And so um, um, now uh, you might be able to get it to work now. So, but behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So this is going to be very crucial why it's so important. But I have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, I pray that you be with us. Lord, there's a lot of weary people here. And we had a, we've had a blessed time. We had a wonderful time uh, yesterday. And, and, uh, and it seemed that the people were blessed. The, the couple was blessed. And, and we in this church were blessed. And, and Lord, we ask you now, please, to bless us again. We need your strength. We need your power. We need your guidance. Lord, we ask you, please, please, uh, Father, uh, that you would uh, move in this room and that you would uh, just fill us with your presence. Spirit of God, I need your presence, your guidance in my mind, and I, I need your clarity, and I need your strength of body. And then, Holy Spirit, I need you this morning as much as any morning I've been here, that, that you'd wrap your arms around us and protect us this morning from the evil that's out of here that would like to, love to destroy and to take away the truth from from us today and lord take away our spirit and lord to bring upon us exactly what we're going to deal with this today uh how we we must fight this thing of fear lord i pray that you please be with us please holy spirit guide us in jesus name amen 
He said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We see in this command, we as Christians are warned of the enemy. He said, he said I'm going to send you forth, uh, but you're like sheep and you're in the midst of wolves. He said, the sheep is in danger every moment that the wolf is around. And he said, the truth is, you as a Christian, you are, that's the world you live in. You're, you're like sheep in the midst of wolves right now. And, and, and listen, the wolves are getting louder and they're getting stronger and they're coming uh, with a more attack every moment that we live. And, and, uh, and, and truthfully, as we get closer to the end of time and, and the Lord coming back, it's not going to get better. It will get worse. There's some religions out there that teach that things are getting better and better, and we're going to just kind of evolve into a perfect society, and that'll be, quote, heaven. But that's not the case at all. This world is digressing and has been ever since sin came into the world. Now, what we do, though, what we see is we're warned against this enemy, but also we're given the method to proceed through this dangerous territory. And this is what's so good. God never leaves you out there so that you're just struggling. He, he doesn't look at you and say, okay, you're in the midst of wolves and just go out there and hope for the best. Hope you do okay. Hope you survive. Uh, you know, sometimes we feel that way, but he, he doesn't. He gives us a method uh, to proceed through this dangerous territory we live in. And, and here it is. He said, first, be wise. Be wise. Now, uh, wise here, this word is intelligent or prudent or mindful of one's interest. And, and God's saying, you know, you, you need to be thinking about where you want to go. I tell young people and young preachers all the time because they, they compromise so many things for the immediate success. And I tell them there's a great principle. Never sacrifice the immediate, uh, I mean the, uh, the permanent on the altar of the immediate. Uh, you know, the, the truth is you need to see where this is going to take you. And this is God saying, he, every decision you make, you need to be looking at where is this going to end up? Where is this going to take me? How is this going to end up? Uh, the person that, that, that walks up and, and, and says, that, uh, you know, I was uh, one of my sons-in-law. He told me about a, a close friend of his that went to a church where the pastor switched and said, you know, it's okay to drink alcohol. It's okay to drink alcohol. And whether, listen, whether we get to heaven and find out it's okay or not, I'm going to tell you this. It's not wise. It's not wise. The truth is, he says his friend went to be an assistant pastor there, and his young friend became an alcoholic. From the hands of his pastor handing him liquor. Now, here's the thing. You need to look and see where it's going to take you. You need to look and see where you're going to end up. Now, wisdom has to do with knowing how to apply biblical truth to a particular situation in life. Wisdom says, how do I apply truth to my life situation? Well, the short answer is to be about being wise then is to know biblical truth so that you can be able to apply biblical truth. You know, if wisdom is applying biblical truth, then you've got to know biblical truth. And, and that's what we do here. That's why we're going through these commands. If we know these commands, then we can apply these commands to our life. If you're going to be in the enemy territory, you better know your enemy and how to defeat him. And so we're in enemy territory, and God's saying, here's how you defeat him. He said, be wise, but he said, not just be wise. He said, be wise as a serpent. Now, the serpent is subtle, and in this context, it's keeping your eyes open, observing, seeing the enemy, observing the enemy and their methods, and discerning their cunning deceptions. You know what the truth is? Folks, we need to be alert to the garbage that's out there. 
We need to be alert to the lies that are being told. We need to be alert to the manipulations. Don't just come and just open your mouth like a little bird and let them dump everything in. We need to be alert to it. And he says, be wise as a serpent. Now watch this. He says, harmless. Harmless means you have no ulterior motives at all, no mixture of evil in your heart at all, purity of intentions. And here's what God is saying. He's saying you need to be alert to the enemy. So you need to know, you know be wise and, and observe and see the things they're going to try to get you to do. See the things they're going to try to get you to believe. See that they're trying to get you to believe. Honestly, they're trying to get you to believe abortion is okay. They're trying to get you to believe that, that uh, things that are going going to be that down the road are going to destroy your okay. I mean, they're passing through our land right now that, that uh, marijuana is, is, is okay. And, and, and they've, they've known this for, for ever since I was a police officer back in 1980. It's the entry drug. It's the drug that you use for entry into other drugs. And they say it's not addictive, but it's psychologically addictive because it gives you a high and you always desire another and a greater and it takes more and more. And so, uh, uh, folks, uh, that's what you have to be alert to the things that are going on. But watch this. When you fight this battle, when we fight against evil, it is a very dangerous possibility that we will develop a win-at-any-cost mentality. And here's what God's teaching us by being harmless. We may, this mentality may cause us to acquire some of the ways of the enemy. We may begin to believe that the end justifies the means. We may be, uh, begin to classify as truth as conditional. We, we may uh, say that half-truths are in reality truth. That lies become a necessary evil. That's what the world does. I only tell you enough, you know, we, you know, I'm not telling a lie, I'm just not telling the truth. The we do not win by manipulation of truth. We only win, as God says, as being harmless as a dove. Now, boy, y'all must be tired today. Can I hear somebody breathe? <laughs> Something, anything. Uh, we only win by being harmless as a dove. Now, again, God doesn't, uh, he, he draws word pictures with his, with his word, and he gives us certain words and certain examples for a purpose. The dove is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit control in your life, which enables you to deal with the enemy, watch this. The whole thing he's saying is, he said you need to be wise and know how to deal with the enemy, but deal with the enemy with the right spirit and the right attitude all along the way. Always keep your right spirit and your right attitude all along the way. Uh, it, 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 God's saying that's what real wisdom is. Wisdom is dealing with this situation and recognizing the evil and dealing with it, but keeping your spirit right, keeping your integrity, keeping your honesty, keeping your, distance, your decency. So spirit fullness leads us to the next command, and we're going to deal with the second command because these go together. In so much of this, I, I really hope you see this eventually. I think, Brother Roy, if we can ever get through this, Brother Roy may help me to uh, develop this into a little booklet on the commands of Christ. But but you'll see is that what God does is that he'll give a command that, that lays groundwork for other commands. And so here's what he's done again. He's laid this groundwork. He says to us in this first command, he says, Behold, I send you forth the sheep in the midst of wolves. Be there 
therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And watch what the next command is, Matthew 10, 28. And fear not them which kill the body. Now watch this. This is the command. God says don't fear. Don't fear them. Don't fear them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. That's not a difficult thing for me. And so, fear ye not, therefore, ye are more, than, more value than many sparrows. Hey, look, <coughs> the command here is simply fear not. Fear not. Now, why is God telling us fear not? Because we are sheep in a world of wolves. And the truth is that can become very fearful. That can become kind of scary when you're always under attack, when you're always being criticized, when you're being mocked, when you see everything in the news media, everything out there in the world is is doing everything it can to squelch Christianity, to, to come and silence us. That can be a little bit scary. You know, I said years ago, and thank God it hadn't happened yet, but I said years ago that, that it's really possible in my lifetime for what I stand and preach today, I may end up in prison. Now, the fact is, is that, is that that's the world that we live in. Now, listen, Satan's greatest weapon in his arsenal is pride. Okay, that's his greatest weapon. But close behind pride is what we're going to deal with this morning is fear because he said fear not but he's saying fear not god didn't say fear not anything you know you'll get your hat and say no fear no that's not true you better fear god but he says fear not them fear not them what's your hey they're able to imprison you they're able to beat you they're able to kill you they're able to attack you he said don't fear them you know why you don't fear them? Anybody know why we don't fear them? Because God is with you, and he's all-powerful, and he's with you all way. And so why would you fear some human power when you have all power available to you? Satan's greatest weapon is his arsenal of pride, but close behind is fear. Honestly, now think about this and listen to this. Honestly, much of pride is from the fear we have because of our insecurity in who we are. When our own self-worth is in question in our own minds, it often reveals itself in a false pride. You know, folks, it's almost a, you know, it's a given. If somebody is always building themselves up, you say, man, they're so full of pride. They are, but can I tell you the root cause of that is usually insecurity. And so I want you to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. If you want to look at that real quick, notice the comparison in this great verse. Romans chapter, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. I'm not sure if I said that right. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, For many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now listen, the, um, the, the Word of God makes it real, real clear. It's a comparison here. He says that you got the spirit of God and you got the spirit of fear. And that spirit of fear is a spirit of bondage. Folks, if you're living in fear about anything right now, you're in bondage to that fear. 
If we live afraid of, of, of what we do and what we say and what people think about us and, 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 and we live afraid of our in relationships and we live afraid in, in finances and we live afraid and listen, you're in bondage. Whatever you're in fear to, you're in bondage to. You say, but I'm supposed to be in fear of God. Well, yeah, and it's okay to be in bondage to God. <clears throat> it's okay to be under God's control. Now, the Lord makes it so clear that there is a spirit of fear, but the spirit of fear has no power over the spirit of God. When you have the spirit of God, the spirit of bondage and the spirit of fear is defeated. Now, again, remember all power in all way. Always keep that in your mind. And in the spirit of adoption, we find confidence and victory over the spirit of fear. The spirit of adoption means we understand that I am a child of God, joint heir with Jesus Christ. Did y'all know that? You're a child. Of, anybody happy about that? You're a child of God. You're joint heir with Jesus Christ. That means, watch this now, we have been adopted into the family of God. You understand who we are? We've been adopted in the family of God. And according to, uh, to the law back at that time, <clears throat> the, that's a greater position than being born to. See, I can be disinherited as a natural child, but an adopted child could never be disowned. That is by law. And that's an incredible thing. And that's what God's saying. He's saying, now look, why would you fear when you are a child of the living God? He says, that's why he says in, in 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. As his child, he says, as my child, you have access to my power. As my child, you have my love. As my child, you have access to a sound mind. He said, you ought to, your mind ought to be free of the, of the torment of fear because you're my child. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. You see, God says that, that if you get caught up in this fear, this overwhelming fear about what's going to happen to you or what, where life's going to take you or what's gonna, how it's going to end up, if you allow fear to take control, fear takes you into bondage, and fear brings the snare. What that is, it, Satan's tool to capture you and defeat you is this spirit of fear because fear brings a noose. That's what this snare is. A snare is a noose, a trap. And God says that, that man is trying to trap you with fear. When you fear man, and really it's Satan, Satan that's trying to trap you with fear of man. Now, Satan wants you to enter his trap, his news, and fear is the weapon he uses. But God is greater, and he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Again, God's trying to make sure we understand. Anybody understand this? We're not in a fleshly battle. We're not in a battle of the flesh. We're in a battle with the, the Spirit is our warfare. And so for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing, listen to this, that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringeth into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Listen, the only fear the scripturally that is right fear is for us to fear the Lord, to fear God. If you search the word fear through scripture, you'll find that it's used over 400 times 
And most of those times it's talking about fearing God. Never once is the word fear used in a positive way when it addresses man's fear of man or man's fear of situations. Fear is the absence, listen, fear is the absence of faith. Anytime that you're under the bondage of fear, anytime fear is overwhelming you, what you're saying is, what you're admitting is, my faith is not strong. When we fear, we are effectively saying God is not great enough to protect me or provide for me in this situation. Again, this is why the Word of God says in Romans 14, 23, And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, but he that eateth not of faith, uh, for he, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And God's saying, look, do you understand that when you have this doubt, doubt and fear are just, they're entwined. And when you have doubt, then you're in fear. And God's saying that that's not faith. When you believe God, you don't live in fear. You say, folks, uh, we look and we say, oh, no, no, no. I'm just afraid of it. Why? Listen, when <coughs> Brooke and Mike were going to go uh, first go to Africa, I'll be honest with you. At first, we really struggled with that. Uh, at first, they were going to go to the Congo. And, and, uh, and they went on a trip to the Congo, and Brooke came back uh, basically, uh, you know, mentally ill. Uh, she, you know, I mean, she was, she was really, I mean, it was a rough time to go to the Congo and, and watch, you know, walk the streets. And they told us about, you know, literally watching uh, children die on the streets. And, and it, was, it was a very hard thing. And it, we began to battle with that. And it, we had a little bit of, you know, that apprehension and, and, should I say, fear in our hearts about what's going to happen to our children and our grandchildren out here in another land like this. And then they, they borrowed our, our vehicle and went to North Carolina to get a van so they could travel on deputation. And they uh, went out there, and then they were coming back. And as they were caravanning back from North Carolina back to us, uh, the uh, Brooks following. She had Grant. He was just a little guy in the in the in the car seat in the back, and and they stopped somewhere along the way, and and the, and they switched and put Grant with Mike, and Mike's leading in the car. When when the, <clears throat> Mike looks and sees the headlights of the car behind him, Brooke in the car start flipping, and realized that Brooke had had fallen asleep, I believe, somehow, and gone, and gone off the road, and the, and, the, and the vehicle flipped and crushed in everything. And every, the entire roof was crushed in except about a two-foot square above her head. So where little Grant had been 20 minutes earlier was totally demolished and crushed. And here's what God told us. He can take care of them here, and he can take care of them there, or he can take them here, or he can take them there. You understand their location is nothing to God. To doubt is to fear that what we are doing or allowing is wrong. Our great weapon against fear is faith. But listen to me, this is so simplistic this morning, but, the, but if our great enemy is fear and faith is what we need, then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. 
This is what is meant and, and when it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, which we just read, it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against, listen to this, the knowledge of God. Do you understand the knowledge of God is the word of God? It exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It fights against the word of God, which gives us the knowledge of God. We capture these thoughts that question God's word and bring fear into our lives. We question these thoughts to deny God's word. We do it by obedience to God's word. And as we hear the word of God, and as we study the word of God, as we learn the truths that we can apply to life, God says, guess what? When you face fear... It'll be defeated. I'm not saying it ever tries to enter in. Fear, the spirit of fear is always trying to get into your heart and your mind. But I'm telling you, you can defeat it through the word of God. Through understanding who you are in Jesus Christ. You are a child of God. Amen? You're a child of God. That means all power is with you always. Now, this concludes with a crucial thought from God in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. It says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Look at that. Boldness in the day of judgment. You see, when we talk about the world coming in, many times for folks, and it was this way for me when I first became a Christian, immediately is that strike in your heart of fear. The world ending, don't talk about that. I don't want to talk about the world ending. I don't want to, I don't want to go through that. I, I, it, that scares me. No, he says right here, he says that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. You see what that says? As he is, as Jesus Christ is, so are we in this world. Why? Because we're children of God. We're joint heirs with Christ. There's no fear in love. Look at that. If we really understand, that's why he said... <laughs> That God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. He said, because once you really understand his love, he said, there's no fear there. Man, I'm going to get some response out of somebody somewhere. <laughs> Do y'all believe that God loves you? Okay, let's all try it one more time. We're all going to say it together. Do you believe God loves you? Yes. yes. You can say amen or yes, or you could say no, but that really would not be a proper response. Okay, so one more time. Do you believe God loves you? God says that perfect love casteth out fear. So how's the fear there then? If you're living in fear right now, how's it existing? You know God loves you. How's that fear existing in you? Let me help you. Truthfully, it's because you are down deep inside of you at this moment. You actually are doubting God's love. And usually it's you're doubting your worthiness of God's love. And folks, nobody 
deserves it. That's why he gave it. Okay? That's why we get it back to the Word of God. And I've had to say to people before, they say, well, I just, I just, I, I don't know, I just can't believe that. And I'll say, okay, one of you is going to be right. God says this and you say this. Who do you think is right? That's what you've got to do right now in your own mind. If you say, well, I just feel this. Well, what did God say? God says with you all way. So who's right? We win when we believe God and believe that all power is with us all way. Fear destroys faith or faith will destroy the fear. Fear will bring confusion or faith will eliminate the confusion. Fear brings torment, the Bible says, but faith wipes away the torment. Faith, being justified by faith, thereby we have peace with God. When we live in fear, we deny not only the power of God, but the love of God. Therefore, we deny the very essence of God. We deny He exists. If I deny that He loves me, I deny His word because His word says He loves me. If I deny His word, He 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 magnifies His word above His own name. So the truth is, if I deny His word, I'm denying His very existence. We will never be the man or woman of God that God wants us to be until we accept the omnipotent love of God. What do we fear? Folks, do you fear the future? Do we fear for our health? That's the world we live in. I mean, every church I go to, there's about 400 people on a prayer list. And about 75% of them some kind of cancer. Do we fear for our provisions? Do we fear the disapproval of others? Do we fear not being accepted? Do we fear not being loved? Or do we fear death? And some of you, you've made a a decision somewhere along the way, but you still struggle with this thing of death. You fear it. The only time we should fear death is when death will lead us to hell. That's what he meant in verse 28. Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. He said, don't fear them. They may take your physical life, but they can't take your soul. He said, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. What God is saying, he said, listen, I'll tell you who you better fear. If you've not trusted me, you better fear me. If you have trusted Christ and him alone for salvation, man may kill the body, but he cannot send you to hell. It's like Dr. John R. Rice in an elevator one day, and I'll end with this. John, John R. Rice was in an elevator, an old preacher and soul winner and great man of God. A man came in that elevator and stuck a gun in his stomach and said, I'm going to kill you. Dr. Dr. John R. Rice wore glasses, they said, and they said that he kind of moved his glasses down, looked at the man over his glasses and said, Son, don't try to scare me with heaven. 
Nothing to be afraid of. If you know, you're on your way to heaven. Isn't that what we talked about? Got to be a gift. And that's why he came today. He wanted to be baptized today because it took a long time to figure, get this thing settled, but he found out it's a gift. Walked in this morning, I said, do you really know you're going to heaven? He said, he kind of looked at me, he said, yeah, because it's a gift. I said, yeah, because if it's because of me, we're not getting it. But if it's a gift, you get it. And it's the same for you. And folks, flee to the Word of God. Memorize the Word of God. Use passages. Listen, I, I, I went for about three months one time where I'd walk at night and pray. And, and I, honestly, about all I could do in my prayer. You ever been that time of such turmoil in your heart and your life that you just don't know what to say? And what I would do for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, is I'd walk and keep saying, Your God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, of sound mind. I'd walk a little bit more, and I'd say, Lord, I don't know what to say, but God, you've not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And guess what? As I kept praying that, that's all I would say. I came back home, and I wasn't afraid. You say, did you get afraid next day? I'll be honest with you. I was struggling with it at the time. But every time I would take the word of God and fight against the spirit of fear, the word of God wins. Father, I ask you to bless this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love and your goodness. Sweet Jesus, I pray, please, that somebody, somebody would be helped this morning. Lord, you know the body is weary, the mind is weary, but dear God, I wanted so badly to help somebody.